The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. It's been a long day. Grab a cold drink and step into the man cave. Your hosts, Ray Austin and J.D. Harris, are getting the discussion together, so it's sure to be an exciting hour of fun and talk. We want to hear from you, too, so get ready to speak your mind. We don't judge here. Now your hosts of The Man Cave, J.D. Harris and Ray Austin. Hello, good people, and welcome to The Man Cave. This is Maurice Perry. I am sitting in and hosting solo. That's right, I'm... I'm steering this ship all by myself uh, this week. Uh, J.D. is in Africa on a mission trip, doing some good work out there. So uh, he'll be back in a few days. But uh, I'm just going to go ahead and and run with it today. Uh, Coming off a good weekend of sports and and better yet, a good weekend of turkey and dressing and and cranberry sauce and every other uh, side item that you want to throw onto it. I know most of us have, well, if, if you're like me, I put on a couple of pounds that I didn't need, but uh, hopefully I'll be able to work that off sometime after the new year. That's right. I said new year because there's no hope of uh, losing any weight uh, in the next couple of weeks with uh, Christmas and uh, New Year's Day coming up. So uh, I hope everybody had a good Thanksgiving and I hope everybody uh, enjoyed the plethora of uh, sporting events that we had over the weekend. Uh, today, I want to get into uh, a couple of things. We're going to talk some NFL. Uh, we're going to uh, talk some NBA, specifically Golden State, and how far can they go with this current run that they're on. And, of course, we're going to talk about uh, Kobe Bryant and his uh, uh, telling us that he's going to hang him up after this year. And uh, I also want to talk about uh, the gargantuan contract that David Price signed uh, that with uh, the Boston Red Sox. Uh, but before we get into all that, I want to talk some college football. The uh, rankings came out, or the uh, the uh, standings, the rankings came out last night, and of course there was no change in the top four. We still have Clemson at number one, Bama at two, Oklahoma at three and Iowa at number four. I had no problem with that whatsoever uh, with this current system. Uh, let me let me just say this right now. Uh, I know I've mentioned it uh, in weeks past and I've actually written about this. This current system is garbage. OK, it's absolutely garbage. I don't care what we call uh, the winner of this final four thing that we had last year and that we'll have this year, uh, we're we're calling that a champion. But let me tell you something. You cannot derive a true champion with a committee selecting four teams. Now, let's face it. This is the epitome of fascism. This is, uh, for those that don't know what fascism is, 
It's basically a government that is heavily influenced by corporations. You, you have capitalism that's tainting a system. So instead of having a system, a, a, a true playoff system, like we see with the FCS, where they actually have 24 teams, that's right, 24 teams that uh, are entered into this playoff system. The top eight teams have a bye week the first week, and they play the winners of the uh, remaining 16 teams. Uh, and uh, the team with the higher seed hosts uh, the, the game. My question is, why can't we do something like this? Okay, why can't we take the top? What, what, I, what I would want to see is the top 16. Uh, and how do we get there? We can take, uh, it's, it's very simple. It's very simple. There are 10 co conferences <clears throat> in uh, the FBS, okay? We have the five uh, major, you know, big boy conferences, and we have the five uh, schoolyard conferences, you know, big boy conferences, uh, Big Ten, Big 12, ACC, SEC, and the, and the Pac-12. And then the other five, I might leave out one. Uh, we have the MAC. We have the AA, the American. We have Conference USA. We have Mountain West. And we have another conference that I knew that I was going to leave out. But overall, there's 10 conferences. Why can't we take the conference champion from each of those conferences, okay, give them an automatic bid, okay, and then I, would, you, I, I wouldn't use any type of uh, selection committee. I would use the old BCS ranking system from a couple of years ago to, deter to determine the, the next top-rated uh, six teams that did not win their conference championship. Okay, so what you'll end up is with a, a bracket that looks similar to a, a regional bracket in the uh, men's basketball tournament where you'll have the number one seed playing against number 16. For instance, according to the rankings that we have here based on the selection committee, uh, you'll have a matchup between Clemson and an Oregon team. Now, let me tell you, Oregon started off shaky. They lost to uh, Michigan State early on. They had some bad losses uh, also after that. But uh, the truth be told, Oregon is probably one of the hottest teams next to Oklahoma in college football right now. I don't know if anybody has paid attention to what they've been doing over the last couple of weeks, but they've been putting up a lot of points. Uh, Adams has, has finally uh, began, begun to fit into that offense. He's putting up astronomical numbers. But my point is, who wouldn't want to see a first-round matchup between Clemson and Oregon? Okay, Also a first-round matchup, Alabama and Michigan State, uh, number two against a number 15. Who in their right mind wouldn't want to see that? You know, uh, going, going further down the line, number three seed against number four seed, Oklahoma and Northwestern. You know, an interesting matchup. Northwestern quietly has one of the best uh, defenses in the nation. And Oklahoma, who's been uh, putting up tons of points uh, in a, a very mediocre at best Big 12, where they basically put up basketball points anyways. Uh, 
Next matchup, number four against the number 13, Iowa, Ole Miss. Yes, Ole Miss has three losses on their schedule uh, in, in, the, in their, uh, in, in their uh, record. But, hey, they'll be in this thing, you know, uh, if they're – well, I, I take that back. Let me, let, me, let me rewind a little bit. They would have to fall into that top six. I'm sorry. Let, let, me, let me backtrack. That, that top six – of teams that do not uh, win their their conference championship. So let me let me rewind a bit. So looking at the uh, the rankings right now, we have you know Iowa State and Michigan State. They're gonna play. They're gonna fight out for the Big Ten championship on Saturday. So one of those two, uh, depending on the final rankings, of course, we wouldn't be able to know who who would be in that that next six until uh, Sunday night. Uh, I think that's when they do the the final uh, pairings, but uh, well, not pairings, but the final rankings. But I believe that, you know, ha- having something like that, it would be more of a true playoff system instead of having a selection committee, you know, try to weigh the strengths and weaknesses of all these teams that never really face each other, you know, throw, you know, talking about strength of schedule. You know, one of the things that confused me earlier was uh, when I heard uh, someone from the committee, you know, when they were talking about North Carolina and how their loss to South Carolina, the first game of the season really hurt them. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. Okay. It just seems like with every other team in 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 uh, college football, when it comes to an early loss, it really doesn't affect them. I.e., in Alabama, okay, Alabama took an early loss to Ole Miss. Did that that really affect them? No. Okay. Now let's look at Alabama and the SEC in general. The SEC is probably at best the third toughest conference this year. You know, I know a lot, and I live in SEC country. I live in Tennessee, but let's face it. I mean, look at the top 25. How many SEC teams do we see ranked in the top 25? You you have Alabama at two. You have uh, who else? You you have uh, Miss Ole Miss at uh, where was that? 13, and is that it? And Tennessee at 25, oh, oh, and Florida at 18, and LSU at 21. So you have five teams in the in the uh, in the top 25, but there were no real juggernauts. This was probably the easiest route to an SEC West title for Alabama in the last few years. Uh, you had a, a a Texas A&M team that took a step back. You had an LSU team that uh, really struggled offensively. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm glad to, I'm actually glad to see Les Miles staying uh, at LSU because I think that, uh, you know, for what he's done there over the last uh, 10, eight to 10 years or so, uh, that that is commendable. And, and it's yeah, I know some, you know, some uh, LSU alum and former players are split on that decision. But I believe there's the right move. And, and the question has to be, you know. If if Les Miles leaves, who are you going to get? Who are you going to uh, get to fill that void? Who are you going to get to take LSU to the next level? I believe that what they really need to do is, you know, get some offensive minded people in there 
to uh, make the offense more creative. Uh, I know that they, they want to be a run-dominant team, but they have to fi- figure out a way to mix it up and, and, and be more creative. But uh, nonetheless, I mean, that, that's my major beef with this uh, playoff system because, it, it, like I said, you know, if, if, all, if all four te- if Clemson wins – if, if Alabama wins and if uh, Iowa beats Michigan State, they're locks. Oklahoma, you know, they're going to be a lock. Uh, I, I don't think they're going to move. They may move, dr- drop down number four, but I can't see the committee really uh, uh, giving Oklahoma the boot, you know, especially how they dealt with Baylor, TCU, and Oklahoma State down the stretch. So you, you'll end up with, you know, if, if it's uh, – if, if it goes by the chalk, you'll end up with uh, a matchup between Clemson and Iowa and uh, Alabama and Oklahoma. Those will be phenomenal matchups. I don't want to take anything away from that. But the fact of the matter is you cannot derive you. We cannot say that we have a true national champion with just four team, excuse me, four teams in this playoff system. OK, and you have teams like. Michigan State, who will be left on the outside. Ohio State will be left on the outside. And I'll talk about those two teams in a a second. Uh, You have a Notre Dame team who had two tough losses uh, at Clemson and at Stanford. And I'm not a Notre Dame fan by any means. I I give Notre Dame fans grief sometimes. And they need to, you know, by saying they need to get into a conference. I think I got into it with J.D. a bit about that a couple of weeks ago. But, uh you know, there's a lot of good teams in college football. Now, the one thing I do want to say, as a Big Ten alum, I'm, I'm a, I graduated from U of I, uh, University of Illinois. Our football team is horrible, but I do pull for the Big Ten. And what what has happened is the Big Ten has set up very has been set up very favorably. So if either Clemson or Alabama slips, you could actually see two Big Ten teams in that final four. So that'll be very interesting to see what the uh, committee does with that. Would they bump a Stanford up ahead of Ohio State? So uh, we're going to take a break right now. Uh, When we get back, we're going to talk some NFL. And uh, after that, we're going to talk some NBA. But uh, we'll be back. internet flagship station for sports voice america sports sports continues to grow and evolve to ever increasing prominence in today's society on all around sports host john inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world including players owners and fellow sports journalists discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today john will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events tune in to all around sports with john inglesby fridays at 1 p.m eastern time 10 a.m pacific on the voice america sports channel Want to experience football from the perspective of two former players who also have coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. We'll talk about the drafts, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl and Sam have the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. We'll cover the camps, on and off field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. 
is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's at the shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left. to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we, we cover everything. Cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. You're inside the man cave. We're ready to talk with you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144, 1-888-346-9144, or send an email to Harris at high-intensitysports.com. Now, let's get back to the show. All right. Welcome back. Welcome back. Uh, we're going to talk some NFL now. And, uh, let's talk Carolina Panthers. Uh, this team right now is uh, looking like they're not going to lose anytime soon. Uh, right now, they're 11-0. They have a stranglehold on the NFC South. Who would have thought that? You thought that uh, you would have thought that they would have gotten a, a better push from Atlanta, who has just fallen off the wagon. Uh, they started off really quick, and I mean, my goodness, you know, they they've lost their last four. They're six and five, and they're. I I I don't think they're even gonna uh, challenge to uh, for one of the wild card spots. But um, Carolina is is very interesting because I, I want to take a look at uh, their their schedule coming up and and who they have left. I know Arizona is on that schedule uh, later on. I, uh, are they on the schedule? No, they're not on the schedule. So, look, their remaining games, they, they're at uh, New Orleans uh, this Sunday. That's a winnable game, okay? Then they're at home against Atlanta. That's a winnable game. Then they're at New York Giants. And, I, and I'm going to talk about the NFC East in a little bit, okay? Because this division right here, and, you know, going into the season, uh, the majority of NFL heads thought that, OK, New York would be a contender and a healthy Dallas would be a contender. But what's happening in the NFC East is, is absolutely atrocious. But I'm going to come back to that. Uh, so they, they're at New York. That's a winnable game. OK, then they then they're at Atlanta. OK. The way that Atlanta is playing, that's a winnable game. So they they have them. Uh, they're, they're playing Atlanta uh, one week out, you know, two two weeks apart, and then they finish the season at home against the Bucks. Okay, people, Carolina has a very good chance of going sixteen and zero. Okay, they have a very good chance, and uh, I've, I've I heard uh, Ron Rivera on Mike and Mike. Uh, I believe it was uh, Monday morning and, you know, he just made it a point to not dwell on it. You know, you can't go 16 and 0 if you don't win the next game. And those are all the right things to say. But looking at this schedule, OK, looking at how uh, the, the NFC East is horrible, but the uh, NFC South is not that far behind, especially with the way Atlanta has been playing lately. They have a legitimate shot of, of running the table, okay? And also, you know, who knows, if they get home field advantage. This is a this is a different team. 
Now, going in, you know, everybody said, okay, they don't have uh, a number one receiver. They, they really don't even have a number two receiver. But they have one man that most teams don't have, and that's Cam Newton, okay? This guy, now, the numbers aren't going to thrill you. They're not going to knock you off your feet. But what, the, what this dude does is he puts the team on his shoulders in the fourth quarter, okay? This is what winning teams do. Their superstar players show up when the lights are the brightest, okay? When, the, when it's crunch time and you need to uh, uh, move the chains, what better chain mover could you possibly have than Cam Newton, okay? This guy is 6'5", 6'6", 260 or whatever he is, 250, and he's a beast. Red zone situation, goal line situation, who's going who's gonna to stand in front of him? Nobody. OK, nobody. Absolutely nobody. And for those that want to talk about him celebrating in the end zone and doing his dance and whatnot, my whole thing is stop him. If you don't want him dancing in the end zone, if you don't want him celebrating and, and, and being the happy go lucky guy that he is, stop him from getting in the end zone. OK. Put up, put put your body, put. Cave his chest in, okay? Do that, okay? Play football. Stop him from getting in the end zone. Until you do that, stop crying, stop moaning. Uh, mothers, stop writing letters about Cam Newton uh, celebrating and, and whatnot, and, and, uh, and, and it's not a good look for the kids. Please stop it with that nonsense, okay? This dude is playing at an elite level. And this dude could single-handedly take the take these Carolina Panthers into the uh, I'd say definitely NFC Championship game, and uh, I'd say the second best team in the NFC right now is Arizona, and I believe a game in Carolina, possibly in inclement weather, uh, you'd have to go with Cam Newton. Is is Carson Palmer going to be able to throw the peel around in 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 uh, forty degree weather with sleep? I mean, who who knows how it's going to be. Uh, that first or second week in January, you know, or whenever that game would possibly be. Who knows? But what what we do know is Cam Newton is a beast. The running game is is, is accompanying, you know, the the is, is working well with what he's doing with play action. Uh, Greg Olson hitting Greg Olson in the seam down down the field and in, in the middle of the field. It's just a well-balanced attack, and I haven't even talked about the defense, okay? I haven't talked about the, 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 the way that Josh Norman is, is performing in the secondary. I haven't talked about how he's basically shutting down one half of the field, okay? So these guys are for real, uh, and I believe that uh, most of the pundits are recognizing this also. So uh, Carolina... Uh, I believe they. I, I believe they have a good chance to to make the Super Bowl. And, and you know, let me let me talk about this NFC East real quick. Okay, now my preseason pick to make it to the Super Bowl out of the NFC was Philadelphia. Okay, it was Philadelphia. Now, no one in their right mind would have thought that. The, the number one team in the NFC East this year 
at, at this point in time would have a five and six, six record. Five and six record. But that's what we have right now with uh, Washington Redskins, who has a tiebreaker over the New York, New York Giants. They both have five and six records, okay? No one thought that uh, Kirk Cousins would be in the position that he is in today, okay? No one thought that this guy uh, would would take the reins and do what it takes to win football games. And, and, and quite frankly, the, the, the reason they're winning is simply he, he's not turning the ball over, okay? He's not giving you those three, four interception games. He's not making the idiotic pass, you know, playing well and just shooting yourself in the foot uh, when, it, when it really counts. He's not making those type of mistakes. But here's the atrocious thing about this, this NFC East, okay? Philadelphia is four and seven. Four and seven. Again, I picked Philly to win, an, win the NFC. They're only one game from first place in the NFC East. One game. That just shows you how terrible it is. It's absolutely horrendous. And let's face it. Dallas, you know, Tony Romo's out for the season. Okay. So they're gonna they're gonna roll with uh what's his face? I, I don't care. We'll just plug the quarterback in. Castle. They're gonna roll with him. What if? And this is a big what if. What if they ran off five straight? Okay. Castle's been there a couple of weeks. He understands the system better. You know, just just what if they ran off five straight? And and by no means am I a Dallas Cowboys fan. Do not do not take that. Take me saying this as me being a Dallas Cowboys fan. All I'm, all I'm trying to do is point out how terrible this NFC East is. It is absolutely putrid okay for a Dallas Cowboy team that's three and eight and only two games out of first place in the lost column okay that's how bad it is now you know I I know that uh I think last year we talked about a team uh in the I believe the AFC South or no it wasn't AFC South but it was a team that no, it wasn't Carolina. I think it may have been Carolina that squeezed into the playoffs with a losing record. I think it was a seven and nine record. Uh, this is worse than that. OK, this is absolutely worse than that because you have the whole division below 500. OK, when's the last time you saw a whole division below 500? Terrible. Absolutely terrible. Now. The surprise is the AFC South. Uh, who would have thought that Houston, who we basically buried, you know, uh, uh, what's his name? The, the running back uh, drawing a blank right now, but he went out for the year and, you know, questions about quarterback. They were switching back and forth between quarterbacks. Uh, so we thought that Houston was done. Uh, I actually thought that Tennessee Titans with Mariota would put up a better effort 
but they just can't seem to close out games. And that seems to be a weekly issue with Tennessee. But this brings me to my next point that I want to talk about is a bit of quarterback controversy, uh, specifically with Indianapolis and also with Denver. What are you going to do? Indy, what are you going to do? Okay. Uh, Matt Hasselbeck is 3-0, 4-0 in the starts. He hasn't lost a game. Okay. He hasn't lost a game. I know that Andrew Luck had uh, said that he's feeling better, but he's not sure when he'll fully be back. I'm telling you right now, Pagano needs to play Matt Hasselbeck. He needs to make that decision to stick with Matt Hasselbeck because this dude is doing what it takes. He's getting the ball out of his hands. He's making plays, and he's keeping the defense off the field. You know, the, the Indy's defense is, is mediocre at best, but he's keeping them from being exposed. He's getting the ball out of his hands, and also he's keeping his, his offensive line from being exposed also. You know, we know that when Andrew Luck, you know, is in the game, he, he tends to hold the ball a lot, uh, holding the ball too long. He's trying to, you know, he's, he's going through all his progressions. Those are the things that you want your quarterback to do. But, look, when, you're, when your offensive line is, is very porous, it can't sustain blocks, you have to get the ball out of your hands. And that's what Matt Hasselbeck has proven he's been able to. Well, he's proven to be able to do over uh, the four games that he's he's uh, been in there. So when we come back for the break, I'm going to talk about Denver and Brock Osweiler and Peyton Manning and that whole situation there. So uh, I'll be right back. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter. Formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams. Kwame's got the experience, so he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time. Get ready for an unpredictable, fun, and sometimes sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fans' perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network and let's talk football. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need a bitch's ass and then move on. I just, I just think that the coach made a mistake. All crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. 
you're inside the man cave. We're ready to talk with you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144, 1-888-346-9144, or send an email to jdharris at high-intensitysports.com. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back. Welcome back. On the other side, I talked about uh, what's uh, what's going on in Indy with uh, Matt Hasselbeck uh, performing well and being undefeated uh, in his uh, uh, stints at, behind behind center, and how I believe that Andrew Luck, well Chuck Pagano, should go ahead and and stay with uh, uh, Matt Hasselbeck. Now in Denver, we have a similar situation that's going on with uh, Brock Osweiler. Uh, he's two and zero now. He's two and zero. He went to Chicago and and uh, pulled that game out and and did the miraculous on uh, on on last week and uh, beat the uh, New England Patriots and ended their streak uh, in Denver. Um, now he's not putting up great numbers. He's not tearing up the stat board or stat sheet. He's not throwing for. 300 some yard, yard, I'm sorry, odd yards and, uh, uh, you know, three, four touchdowns a game. But he's giving you that added dimension, you know, a few added dimensions. Number one, he's able to, at 6'8, okay, for him to be 6'8, he's very agile, okay, he's, that's from his basketball background, he played basketball in high school, uh, I think most NFL aficionados know about that, uh, but he's proven to be agile in the pocket and able to get outside of the pocket, scramble, extend plays, uh, make plays with his legs, uh, get first downs with his legs, so that's an added dimension, you know, when you compare it to what Peyton Manning brings to the table, which is absolutely nothing with his legs. He can't do anything. And also, the second thing is arm strength, being able to throw those deep outs, those 15-yard digs, those uh, back shoulder throws on a string. You know, he's able to do that. Peyton Manning is proven not to be able to do that. Now, here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. Andrew Luck is not Peyton Manning. Andrew Luck does not have the cachet of Peyton Manning. Andrew Luck does not have the uh, undergirding success, long-term success and longevity of a Peyton Manning. So I view these two situations differently because of Peyton Manning's background his uh his 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 ability to perform in the in the high pressure moment. Now, granted, he's 38. We don't know if this rest that he's uh, getting right now. I, I think they said that Brock is gonna uh, continue play to play for the rest of the regular season. You know that may be may create some problems in and of itself. But we 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 don't know what type of improvement we'll see. With his arm strength, we don't know if he'll, you know, be able to have a little bit more umph on his, you know, throws out to the flat. Well, you know, the deep outs and and the uh, the seam throws. We don't know that, 
But what we do know is he's been there and he's done that. Okay. Denver's going to make the playoffs. Okay. They're nine and two. They have a, a, a death grip on the AFC West. They're, they're in the playoffs and they're going to have home field advantage. Okay. Uh, for at least one game. Um, so I, the, the situation between, you know, Brock Osweiler and, and, and Matt Hasselbeck is different. Okay. Matt Hasselbeck is a proven uh, veteran. He's been in the league. Yeah, he's 40 years old. He's 40 years old, but he's getting the job done. He's making the throws. He's making the right decisions. We don't know as of yet how Brock Osweiler will perform under the brightest of lights when when uh, the games really, really matter. You know, all 16 games really matter, but in a playoff uh, uh, setting, in a hostile environment. Yeah, the, the first game will be at home. But what I mean by hostile environment, you know, he's going to have bubble guts. OK, he's going to have nerves. All right. You know, this is a playoffs and any team coming in there is fully capable of knocking Denver off. You know, it happens all the time where wild card teams come into a uh, uh, team's uh, home and, and, and knock them off. Now, right now they're sitting at nine and two. So they may. Uh, well, it depends on, you know, who finishes better between uh, Denver and Cincinnati, who, who will get that first round by. But, uh, you know, <clears throat> he doesn't he doesn't want to see a wild card team come in there, especially somebody like a Pittsburgh uh, granted, if uh, Ben Roethlisberger, uh, uh, if Big Ben is healthy, uh, he doesn't want to see a uh, Kansas City team or a Houston Texas team, Texans team, or a New York Giants team come in. Who you know, all of them have weapons, all of them can make plays, and and you know those teams, with the exception of maybe Pittsburgh, they have pretty good defenses. OK, that can apply a lot of pressure. So it's a different beast. That's what I'm saying. Like, come playoff time, <clears throat> put Peyton back in, you know, put Peyton Manning back in. He's been there. He's done that. He's felt the pressure. He's uh, won NFC championship games. He's you know, his playoff record isn't the greatest. We all know that. You know, he's he's probably one of the greatest uh, regular season quarterbacks of all time. And, you know, when it comes to the playoffs, you know, he, he, his, his game play and his, his, his uh, performance wanes a bit. But <clears throat> you, you have to, I think you still have to put him back in there and allow him to manage the game. OK, just to manage the game. So the situations are a bit different. OK, so going from quarterbacks at Indy and quarterbacks in uh, Denver to the quarterbacks in Cleveland. Okay. Now we all know what happened last week. Johnny football, Johnny Manziel, he was demoted to third string. Okay. Uh, McCown, he started the game. He couldn't finish the game. And then Austin Davis comes in and Cleveland had a very good chance to win that game. Very good chance. But getting back to Johnny Manziel, um, I'm a very gracious dude. I, you know, I have no problem giving people second and third and fourth chances when they're 
really trying to better themselves and they, they, they really tried to remove themselves from the situations and the pitfalls that they were in previously. You know, it's, it's with, with, with Johnny though, <clears throat> I, I'm about done with him. I'm about done with him. I know this is only his second season uh, in, in the league he hasn't really had uh, an, an adequate amount of time, uh, consistent time on the field to be able to prove himself. But doggone it, look, as an NFL quarterback, you are held to a much higher standard than anybody else on your team. Okay? You being a second-year player with no cachet, no proven track record to be successful in the league. No winning. No, no consistent winning. And you want to go out and kick it and drink and party hard like you're still at Texas A&M. I don't care who took the picture. We live in the day and we live in the day and age of social media. Everybody has a camera on. Them. Everybody has a has a phone on. Them. With that can take pictures and can take video. You cannot put yourself in that situation. If you want to be, if you really, really, really want to be a starting quarterback in this league, you need to eat, sleep, do everything in the facility. If that is what you really want to do, Johnny, if that's really what you want to do, you have to put in the work or not, not just on the practice field, not just in the film room, but part of that work is being an example outside of the facility, outside of the 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 the, the lines, the 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 uh, the lines of the field. When you're out in public, are you being a good example to the rest of your teammates? Are you demonstrating uh, an individual that really, really wants to take his career by the reins and 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 turn it around and become successful? Do you really want to learn how to play in this league or do you just really want to continue to trick off and end up outside of the league and becoming a car? I don't know. Your 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 parents are, are wealthy, I guess. So maybe, you know, you'll do something with with your family or whatever. I don't know. But right now, you're not proven to me nor to your teammates, nor to the fan to your coaching staff, nor to the fans in Cleveland. You're not proving to them that you really want to play. Now, this doesn't absolve uh uh the the, the you know, the Cleveland coaching staff and the organization at all whatsoever. You guys, I'm speaking of the Cleveland organization, you guys have squandered first round pick after first round pick after first round pick after first round pick gambling on quarterbacks and players that turn out to be sour grapes. Now, whose fault is that? Better yet, 
Where is the concerted voice in Cleveland that's holding management accountable for making these idiotic moves in, in the offseason? I don't know. How bad is How long is the Cleveland Browns going to be irrelevant? And I know some people are saying, well, how long is every team in the Cleveland going to be irrelevant? It was so funny watching the game the other night and seeing the the big sheet hanging down with uh, the words, at least we have LeBron. That is so sad on so many levels. So sad on so many levels. Okay, you're putting all of your eggs into the bag of LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers. That's not a good look, people. People in Cleveland, that's not a good look. You gotta get, you gotta start holding your your, your ownership, your, your Cleveland Browns, Cleveland Indians. You gotta start holding management accountable and, and become relevant again. You know, I hey, I don't know. I, I'm I'm not a Cleveland fan. I'm just the outsider looking in. But from my perspective, from my vantage point, <clears throat> it just seems like everybody there is is okay with status quo. It just seems like everybody just wants to is okay with putting the brown paper bags over your head and, and being a loser. But with that, we're gonna take a break. Uh, when we come back on the other side, we're gonna talk a little bit of NBA. Be back. to the pros we, we cover, everything. cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports surfing is taking the world by storm it's not just the sport itself but the culture that surrounds it from music to fashion art and competition surf talk show is the place that will showcase it all your hosts are jj and the doctor two surfing enthusiasts who have lived and traveled the lifestyle and culture They'll bring you the knowledge and the entertainment that will keep you riding the wave. Tune in every Thursday at 11 a.m. on the West Coast, 2 p.m. on the East Coast on Voice America Sports. Are you ready for a show that's all about what goes on behind the scenes and how it relates to what you see on the field? Tune in for Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective on the Voice America Sports Channel. Our guests will bring you the stories, the opinions, the expertise, and the inspiration behind what you hear in sports news. Find out what happens next. Listen for Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective, live every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You're inside the man cave. We're ready to talk with you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to J.D. Harris at high-intensitysports.com. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back, people. Welcome back. Uh, I'm going to get into a little bit of an NBA. 
honestly, to tell you the truth, there's not much to talk about because basically it's Golden State and then everybody else. Okay, it's it's Golden State running away with, you know, best record in the league by far. And then everybody else. Yeah, the closest uh, team is San Antonio, who I was uh, happy to see my Bulls knock off the other night. And that's another quite, you know, another subject for a whole another show or, or segment in, in the future. Uh, the Chicago Bulls. But it's Golden State and then everybody else. OK, now, early on in the season, you know, before the season started, we, you know, people thought, that the Clippers had the makeup on paper to uh, be a contender. Right now, they're sitting at 10 and 8, okay? And here's the thing, you know, about the NBA, I really don't put too much stock in the records and positions and and, and divisions and and, uh, Western Conference and the Eastern Conference until Christmas Day, Okay. I really don't start looking at, you know, where teams are in, in comparison to others and how many games somebody, you know, a team is back until after Christmas Day. I, I basically count from October 30th or October 29th, whenever the first game of the season was, all the way up to December 25th as an extended preseason. OK, because let's face it. You know, each year coming in, you have new players. Sometimes you have new coaches who bring in new systems, new philosophies. So it takes a while for chemistry to be developed. And that doesn't come in training camp. Training camp is what, a week and a half? And then they start playing preseason games. But we know that no chemistry can be uh, set and established in preseason because you're playing about 15, 16 guys, you know, and then they're not, there's no regular rotation per se. So you can't really understand or or really know what an identity of a team is going to be until after Christmas day. You know, that is a little, probably about one third through the season, uh, uh, right around Christmas. And, by that time, you can you can really see uh, what teams are going to be and what they're made of. You know, you can kind of be able to at, at that point to prognosticate where they're going to end up in terms of, you know, their ranking in that that top eight in each conference. But getting back to Golden State, Golden State is the only team that has basically they, they don't live by that that rule. This isn't and. An, uh, Uh, extended preseason for Golden State. They're playing at such a high level. And, you know, a lot of uh, attention is paid to Steph. I love Steph Curry, you know, for the simple fact that he's playing the game below the rim at such a high level. You know, everybody pays attention to the shooting, but this guy is a is a is a magician with the handles. He's a great passer. He moves excellent without the ball. And what no one talks about really is his ability to defend. 
his ability to get his hand out in the passing lane and create turnovers. You know, he's not he's not the greatest on the ball defender. And, you know, when it comes look, I, I always say this, okay? When it comes down to point guards going up against other elite point guards, the the, the guy that's on offense is gonna have the upper hand. Because let's face it, these guys are just too strong, I mean too fast, too quick with the ball. And 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 some are, you know some of them are extremely athletic. I.e. Russell Westbrook, you know, uh, Steph isn't going to be able to do anything with Russell Westbrook. So I'm, I'm very interested to see uh, whenever that game comes up when they play OKC. But the question is, or has been the last couple of days, can Golden State beat the Chicago Bulls' a record of 72 10, 72 and ten? Back in uh, 95, 96. At first, you know, going at the beginning of the season, I said, no way. There's absolutely no way possible that could happen. I mean, let's face it. You have to go on. You know, they're on a 19 game winning streak right now. Okay, they play tonight. uh, They're playing at Charlotte, which, by the way, is a trap game because the Charlotte team is a very good team, especially at home. Now, I think. Al Jefferson is out for a, a couple of games, so that may hinder them. They they may go small ball and uh, put uh, Marvin Williams at the five or, or uh, you know, do something. Uh, you know, Kimball Walker is playing excellent. Jeremy Lin has been playing uh, very well off the bench. And uh, Jeremy Lamb, he's probably, uh, in, in my opinion, uh, the most improved player in the entire league. Uh, Jeremy Lamb has been playing excellent. So this could be a trap game for them, especially, you know, with Jordan sitting on on the bench with Charlotte. I'm really interested to see the outcome of this game. But beyond that point, I'm starting to believe that this team could actually get to 73 and nine. And I know a lot of people are like, no way, no way. Look, I grew up in the Chicago area. I'm a Bulls fan. I, I, I'm always, I've always been a Bulls fan. Uh, super Michael Jordan fan, whatever you want to call it, super fan or whatever. You know, I, I, I love those teams. I relish those teams. Uh, I was able to, you know, follow. Once Jordan came to the league, you know, I was like seven years old. And I'm, yeah, I'm giving my age, but you know, I was able to watch Jordan in his prime do what he did. And, you know, that Bulls team with Jordan Pippen, uh, you know, Harper and and and, and uh, was Harper there? I, I can't remember. But uh, Rodman it was an excellent team. Excellent team. But this Golden State team is making the game look, look so easy, so easy. It's like, I I say this all the time, it's like poetry in motion. Parents, parents, if you have children that want to play basketball, okay, just show them game tape of Golden State. They play the game how it's supposed to be played. The ball never sticks. Guys are always moving. And, you know, you have excellent shooters. You have guys that can play multiple positions. Draymond Green is probably the linchpin of that entire team. You know, Steph is great. 
But without Draymond Green, I don't think they would be 19 and 0. So go and say, I, I, you know, as 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 hard as it is for me to say this, as much as a, of a Bulls fan that I that I was and I am, I believe that this team could actually win 73 games, and I am not backing down from that because they're doing it on both ends. They're efficient on both ends. They're quietly <clears throat> the last two years one of the best teams on the defensive end of the floor. And that rarely gets talked about. You add their offensive explosiveness to how they play defense. They're great. They're absolutely spectacular. Okay. I, I got to wrap up. I'm not going to go into Kobe and, 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 and uh, what he's, you know, been doing. He, he declared himself, uh, uh, it, this, this is going to be his last year. You know, he's, he, Let's face it, he's been playing like garbage, okay? He's playing, playing like garbage. What I don't want, what I really don't like, and this is my last point, I don't like all the smiling and giggling and laughing in, in the post-game interviews because that is rubbing your teammates the wrong way. I'll get more into, into that next week. But, hey, thanks for tuning in. Uh, I appreciate you guys tuning in. And uh, I look forward to see, uh, talking sports with you next week on the Man Cave. Peace. All right, we're just about out of here. But make sure you come on back next Wednesday at 6 p.m. East, 3 p.m. West for another edition of the Man Cave with J.D. Harris and Ray Austin on the Voice America Sports Channel. See you soon.